Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. My name is David Almeida. I'm your host. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and I love the 1980s sitcom The Facts of Life. And if you're listening to this, hopefully you do too. Because on this podcast, every week, I sit down with an artist friend, we watch an episode of the show, and then I hit record and we synopsize the episode and reminisce and talk about anything else that the show makes us think about. Sort of a stream of consciousness, but outside your own crazy brain. Anyway, as you can hear from my voice, I'm a little sick right now. And uh, I just had a little bit of caffeine and I thought, oh, let me ride the wave and maybe get some mileage out of my very white voice. Oh, baby. You're welcome. My guest this week is Paul Padilla. Paul's back. As you remember, he was on episode nine, and he is a super crazy diehard Facts of Life fan, arguably more even than I am, as far as he has seen the show infinitely more times than I have and knows things that I don't know. I do need to point out that Paul is at the center of a little bit of a controversy about the show. Controversy, I'm told, is good for publicity, so let's play this up, everybody. Um, Matthew Arder started catching up and listening to episodes, and he caught in episode nine that I had made some food for Paul when he came over to watch the show. Kind of an unexpected, unplanned food and podcast appointment. And Matthew overheard this, and Matthew was like, excuse me, he gets homemade mac and cheese, and you hand me some fucking M&M's? And Matthew was mad at me that I didn't cook for him. So I need to make it up to him because we want Matthew back on the show. And if he's listening, if you are listening, Matthew, and I know you are, I will make you something super amazing delicious when you come back to the show. I promise. The episode that Paul and I watched was season two, episode seven, called Teenage Marriage Part One. Dum, dum, dum. It's a two-parter. The original air date was January 7th, 1981. Uh, that's the first show of the new year. Happy New Year, 1981. We're now really into the 80s. And uh, as you can tell from the title, it is a two-parter. So therefore, this podcast will also follow suit. And this will be part one. And then next week, Paul will stick around and we'll do the second part as well. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun, I hope. So let's jump on in. This is me with Paul Padilla. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back his grand return <laughs> to Let's Face the Facts, Paul Padilla! So excited to be here. Thank you. I just did that like a Sabado Gigante. Paul Padilla! You know, you know how many Saturdays I stayed at home with my grandmother and... Watch Sabado Gigante, yeah. I oh, that. Hey. yeah. It was kind of like my babysitter, my grandmother, and that show. Yeah. 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 Just flipping, when I first got cable TV, flipping channels, and the first time you hear, Este Super Sabado Gigante Sensacional. Oh, yeah. And it lasted like five hours. Yes. <laughs> it was, so it was, it was like Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, but it was at night. It was Saturday, and grandma could come and leave the room, and I was just sitting there <laughs> watching it. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't even need to know the language to watch it. No, that's what? kind of how I learned Spanish, even though my grandmother spoke Spanish. My grandfather spoke Spanish, but I mean, watching soap operas, watching telenovelas, oh, yeah. and watching all that stuff. Yeah, that's kind of uh -huh. how I learned it. My Spanish skills are enough to uh, that I really super enjoy 
the Pedro Almodovar films. Uh-huh. Yes. They are amazing. They are amazing. Yeah. And I love the ability to actually hear the intonation and the inflection and some of the things that do get lost in the Have subtitles. you seen Roma yet? I haven't seen it. Which one? Roma, the one that's no, to it's take on everything. Netflix. Yeah, and I need it's up to watch for the Oscar. It. Yeah, I mean that's, that's the last one I need to see, but yeah. I need to just like sit down and watch it. I we just feel do. like I need to invest in it and sit and really watch it. Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah, which I haven't, but he's great. He's and I can't so good. See it. I, so, I can't imagine yeah, it. Yeah, I have to watch it like this week. Amazing. So yeah. okay, and what were we? Oh yeah, oh, the hi! facts of life. That was like <laughs> that was this show that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, yes, we have just watched season two, episode seven. And eight. Mm-hmm. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, to my twos of listeners, you are now going to get the treat of another two-parter podcast to mirror the two-part episode. I'd like to thank the Academy. Like, I feel so honored to be here for uh, a two-parter. Like, that's huge in my and, book, and, Facts of Life. Yeah. And thank you for uh, leaving and then coming back yes. next week. Now we're coming back next week. We're, we're, we're totally going to do absolutely, this. Absolutely, yeah. We're, we're doing it in one line. But anyway, we're uh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. All right. So this is episode seven is called Teenage Marriage Part One. Ah, yes. Another in, insanely unoriginal title. Yes. The, the show has gotten immensely better. Um, but the one of my favorite episodes. And is yeah. this really? In the series. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Really? Yeah. Yeah, since I was a kid. I've always liked this one. I think I like the fact that they have so many locations. Uh-huh. Like, there's a lot of different sets. You don't see that very often. I mean, we have, you know, so many different places, uh, which I thought was cool. But it's one mm-hmm. of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, let's get right into it then, shall we? Mm-hmm. Our episode begins with Blair and Natalie working in the cafeteria, doing their job. Yes. We are keeping up the fact that the girls do have work. They are on probation. And... Uh, we love that, that mm-hmm. that is still, and that will remain a part of the show that the writers never forget that. Mm-hmm. They could have established the conceit of the show, and then we never see them working ever. Right. So that's a lovely thing. Um, Mrs. Garrett, Natalie Mom. What, how, how am I on literally the first line <laughs> of my notes and I don't know what I'm Natalie saying? Natalie Mom, uh, she says something about her mom. This is right in the beginning? Yeah. Well, Mrs. Garrett comes in mm-hmm. and they're talking about something. And then Natalie mentions something. She Natalie makes kind of a stereotypical Jewish mother type of a thing. Oh, yeah. She's like, my mom. I'm like, my mom would be so proud. Or, no. Well, later she yeah, says something. She says my, that, the yeah. callback to it is, my mom would be right. so proud. But um, I think I wrote Natalie mom because I just wanted to point out that we are just a couple of ticks turning up the Jewish in Natalie. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing that for since the, since the, the, the second pilot where she's like, my mom's going to have a heart attack. My yeah. mom's a dead woman yeah. when they were arrested and all that. I feel like over the summer, though, Mindy Cohen, who plays Natalie, just mm-hmm. kind of really found her her delivery, her niche, her, stri- you know, her she, stride. She's just yes. delivering these one-liners, and the audience is loving them. I'm loving them. She, America's loving them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. She is She's spot on, and there's yeah. no... I'm trying to think if there's a... I think there's one point where she has a full-on deliver the joke while she's smiling and laughing yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were no other... I didn't feel any serious cover-ups of her trying to not break in this. She's getting... She was already good, even when she technically wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is what made her so special. And um, now we've got... Um, Blair is on the debate team. Mm-hmm. We've 
we are still kind of in this weird place where sitcoms still have to do this thing of fabricating new circumstances scenarios like on the golden girls let's uh -huh. have them go on jeopardy well suddenly uh dorothy has to say well it's my favorite show i watch it every night and it's like no you don't we've never ever heard you mention that you watch jeopardy right uh so suddenly now we have a debate team at eastland that blair is on and then uh and they, they debate against the Bates Academy, the boys. Yeah, they're debating the against the Bates uh, Academy boys. Mm -hmm. And, oh, well, Blair is on the debate team and she's talking about her skills and her um, condescending laughter. And she does a beautiful, ha 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 ha. Oh, yeah, that was funny. And yeah. then uh, Joe comes in and says, Hey, I made the debate team. And it's like, Oh, isn't that exciting? You'll be on the same team as Blair. And Blair goes, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. You know, they they, they established in the beginning what that what that fake laugh was, and then she got to use it. Yep, it within was, the minute. Yeah, it was lovely. Comedy gold. So when they talk about the boys at Bates, they're like, "Well, it gives you the chance." Does Mrs. Garrett call them babes? The Bates babe. Does she? You get a chance to. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but Mrs. Garrett makes a borderline inappropriate thing about well, you get to hang with the boys that you are so allegedly into and in talking about making connections with the boys at Bates uh this is the first time Joe says ah I don't need any of those guys at Bates I've already got the best I've got Eddie I love Eddie but yeah I love Eddie too yeah, he's great um we in the pilot of the show mm -hmm. the season two episode one mm -hmm. I keep calling it the pilot the new pilot um Mrs. Garrett, in expositionally telling Blair what Joe's situation is, mentions that she, Joe, fell in with a bad crowd and also mentioned a bad boyfriend that mm -hmm. she was willing to do anything for. Mm -hmm. So we have already had to retcon that. Yes. And say, well, maybe Eddie's not. You were like, like that wasn't Eddie. Yeah. yeah. I heard you a couple of times have yeah, said Eddie. That's and it. I was you happy are... that you did. But, yeah, but then I cause... thought maybe Blair's mom, you know, just saying, well, she was just getting too serious too soon. So maybe that's what well, that was the bad influence. You know, I mean, uh, that's what I thought. In shipped my her. I mean, maybe. I, I wasn't thinking she was like in the Warriors or anything like yeah. that. I mean, that kind of thing. They're like in a gang. I just thought she was. You know. Yeah, I think it was the friends were the bad influence. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I still feel like there was a sense of, oh, we have to get her out of here. Yeah, well, we have to we have to soften this yeah. and make Eddie because, I mean, he's he's a sailor. He's he couldn't be that bad if he's in the Navy and he's able to adhere to their rules and not get kicked out. And Eddie Brennan, like he's great name and a really good actor. Clark Brandon really is his name. Really good actor. Sincere. He was, I care about him. He doesn't blink. He has beautiful eyes, which he doesn't blink a lot. He's just no, beautiful kind blue of just, eyes. Yeah. And uh, he's in the Wonder Woman episode with the silver tetrahedrons. Holy shit. I was going to ask you where else has he been? I can't believe it. I mean, I love Wonder Woman too. Besides, the room that we're in right now, listening is, audience, is like my childhood wet dream. Like, it's crazy. There's <laughs> like, you know, Wonder Woman and 2D Ramsey dolls. And, and, uh, and uh, a spam, a metal spam, spam lunchbox. Exactly. There's uh, Twinkie puzzles. And I mean, come on. Yeah. I'm holding is... a checkered rainbow pillow. Like. Yep, it's, it's crazy. It's the fun room. It's pretty so great. I, I like recording it. in here because yeah, it is the appreciate fun room. It. I feel very at home. And okay, back to Eddie Brennan. Back uh, to Eddie Brennan. Yeah. We like him. I like he him. was on Wonder Woman. He can't be all bad. No, he's sweet. Yeah. No, we and love he came him. back four times in the whole series. Yes, and yes. he—that's right. He does return. Yeah. And um, so we've got the introduction of the concept of Eddie. We've not mm -hmm. met him yet. We're no. talking about him, but we actually haven't met him yet. 
and then um, a joke. Joe produces a love letter that he wrote, mm-hmm. and you know, for a girl from the Bronx and a guy we assume also from the Bronx, uh, it is a typical love letter where it's you know like. Every time I push a mop, I'm thinking I'm pushing you. Every time yeah. I peel a potato, I'm peeling you. It's just hilarious poetry at the yeah. expense of someone who's not right. sophisticated. And um, I have to say it real quick. One of my favorite stories of all time, my friend from New York, her name was Donna. Uh-huh. She lived in New York and she was like a total New Yorker. Like she was born and raised, her family yeah. deep in New York. She was telling me at one time, she was like, this is like my mantra, but she was like, I was sitting at a bar and with Dominic and Dominic was like, Oh, you know, he used to date my best friend, Sam. And so he was like, we sit there, we're having a good time. You know, it was like drinking, we're smoking, we're having a good time. You know, whenever he puts his hand on my my knee and I just could tell, you know, we were having a good time. We keep drinking, taking shots. And he goes, oh, shit, Donna, oh, shit. I go, what? And he was like, oh, shit, I just want to fucking kiss you right now. Mm-hmm. And I went, well, what did you tell him? She said, I told him, grab your balls and do it. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that was such a typical like New York thing to I say. T- that you said, grab, grab your balls, balls and do it. it. <laughs> and they, yet, and, why did they say that on the facts yeah, of life? Yeah, yeah, I know, but yeah, that's totally. She was. <laughs> she would have been one of Joe's friends. Like, grab your balls and do it. Jesus. That is. Yeah. Awesome. And if I could just have a T-shirt that just says "Grab your balls and do it," just <laughs> do it. I mean, it really just. Yeah. We need to. We, we need to make that the, the catchphrase of this. Yeah, grab your this, balls this and podcast. do it. Grab yeah. your balls and do it. Yeah, it. I wish I had grabbed my balls and done it sooner. It took me forever. Me to, too. Me too. I finally, I mean, finally I did. I could still find some times to grab my balls and just do it, but <laughs> I don't. But. <laughs> my friend Todd Michael, who uh-huh. I know is listening right now, his way of, if it's like, well, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Is it okay if we do this? Whatever. His response is always, whatever tickles your nuts. Uh, well, that's, see, that's good too. Yeah. It's like, just, yeah. Yeah. I so, think too much. I'm like, do you want to do this? You don't want to do this? I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Just, yeah, just yeah, Whatever something. tickles your nuts. Yeah. It's like, come on. Grab your balls and So, yeah. So, we are, we've taken a turn for the testicular here. Uh-huh, sorry. Let us correct Happens. core. I am, that's, that was not a criticism. Yeah. <laughs> that is never a criticism. But, um. So what we get to, oh, I, I've skipped ahead. Before we get to the love letter, uh-huh. Joe produces a love letter and says, you got to hear this, what he did. And Mrs. Garrett says this weird line about, oh, no, I can't read a love letter after my warm milk at night. It's too stimulating. And then Tootie, the little hot box she is, is like, well, here, I'll read it. Uh, exactly. Nothing is too stimulating for me. Ba-bam. And she's the youngest. The, <laughs> I'm <yeah>. 11. <laughs> <laughs> she's 13. Oh, 13. Yeah, she's yeah. 13. And um, off the skates, people. Off the skates. Off the skates, yeah. yes. Um, so uh, just a weird Mrs. Garrett line. We're here. Ooh, okay. Uh-huh. Wow, whatever. Um, Joe says that they're getting serious. Oh, or somebody says, it sounds like you're serious. And Mm -hmm. Joe says, well, we would be getting serious, but my mom doesn't like him. Oh, speaking of which, I'm going to go call my mom and tell her I'm on the debating team. So she goes over to the, to the payphone in the parlor. um, And we are still, we are still in pastry machine place. We had, we, we're, we're keeping track of this machine now. It's very fucking important. Well, now you've made it, you put it in my head and I will never be able to not see that anymore exactly. for the rest That's, of my life. So, yeah, yeah, for the Who Am I episode when yeah. we had Fred, the candy machine boy, yeah. the machine in the parlor changed from a pastry machine to yeah. a candy machine, but no sooner did that 
yeah. episode end and we're back to a pastry machine. I got through like 35 years of not having to worry about that. And now you're just yeah. put that in my head. So forget it. I've got to go 30, through every episode yeah. now. <laughs> every, 35 years. That's what every I'm Every single doing. episode I'm watching this now because I did that in the, yeah. in the, um, in the Cousin Jerry episode is when yeah. it first was like, oh, yeah. look at that. It's back. Yeah. Oh, and God. now it's going to be just waiting. We're just lying in wait. Will mm-hmm. the candy machine ever come change. back? Pastries. So who buys pastries from a machine? Yeah. It's like, will will Sue Ann ever come back? Will the candy <laughs> the, the candy machine ever come yeah. back? So Joe goes to the phone, makes the phone call, and she does. It's it's one of those really well written phone calls where you don't need to hear the other side of the conversation, which She's we think like, was part of her audition for the show. Uh, yeah. yeah, because every time you see interviews, you see little. Uh, in documentary TV documentaries they yeah. say that we did the scene with Nancy McKeon she was on her phone to her mom yeah. and uh, found out that she was dating somebody else and the, this girl just yeah, yeah. and she, she got the she role. crushed it yeah. so she says hey I'm trying to reach Rose Polinchek I must yeah. have the wrong number What? well who is this mm-hmm. Jack Jack okay and then you hear is Jack she gets on the phone with her mother mm-hmm. and then it's like who is Jack well how long has he been there and um, basically, it's in this one phone call, Joe discovers that not just her mother is seeing somebody else. And the divorce is still pretty recent within the last year. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough thing for a teenager. And then it's like, he's living there. Living. It's not one of those, oh, he's just a guy I'm seeing. He's right. living there. So Joe immediately takes that to heart where she's like, well, no wonder she wanted to ship me off here right. and get me out of her hair. No wonder she didn't want me around. And Mrs. Garrett's like, or maybe she wanted you to have a good education, Joe. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Shut up, old lady. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad and I'm acting the fuck out of this. I'm going to get that Emmy. Yeah, it's the last it. thing I do. Um, so I forget how it comes up, but later Tootie says something about when there's talk about Joe and Eddie being together... Well, you're not married. And Judy says, what do you mean, Mrs. Garrett? A lot of people are shacking up. <laughs> and Mrs. Garrett's like, Tootie. Tootie. Yeah. And she even says, I have a bunch of X-rated girls. <laughs> and it's like, shacking, shacking up, up. Wow. is, wow. Welcome to the 21st century. Because the the difference between what is considered appropriate and inappropriate and what is on television. But, but shacking, even, stuff, even stuff that they would say then that was a not appropriate now like they, some of the things they would say then they couldn't say now yeah, you know what I mean true. like it's amazing to me like yeah yeah but yeah. but the whole you know just the fact that she said the term shacking up and it was considered oh mm-hmm. it's like that's not that's a not bad, bad term yeah. and it's technically not a bad thing it's just that's the sort of right. idiomatic way to talk about disparagingly mm-hmm. about couples who live together who are not married because that was still a thing mm-hmm. in uh, now, 1981, the first episode of 1981. 1981. I forgot to mention, we mentioned that earlier. And that's the year of like, what, E.T., Gandhi? Uh, no, no, E.T. is, is 82? 82. 81 is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. But like, what was like, 81, like Oscar-wise was what? Not Gandhi. I That's 82 then? Because yeah, Gandhi B.E.T. I thought that's like, that's 82. That was 82. So then 81 would yeah. be... You see, Matthew gave us the 1980 was... update because this season... I don't do the research. I just try to remember. But they did mention Coal Miner's Daughter. So maybe but that was... she had won. Yeah, won she had just won in 1980. Best actress. Yeah. So. Robert De Niro won... F- Tender Mercies? No. Raging Bull. Robert De Niro. I was thinking Robert, Robert De, Niro. De Niro. Okay. Robert De Niro did Raging Bull. Okay. Sissy Space at Coal Miner's Daughter. Daughter. And... 
Um, Which is a great but, fucking movie. But anyway, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Ordinary People. Yes. Took best the best picture. picture. Yeah. Um, so Matthew will get us into 1981. You have to wait, though. You have okay. to wait till we get into season three, episode one, to hear Matthew to hear Waters. Matthews. Okay. Oscar recap 1981. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned, kids. I will. We're covering Can't the wait. important shit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't remember phone call again. Oh, so then Mrs. Garrett says, Joe, come on. You can't be mad at your mother like this. Why don't you call her? Why don't you call her and talk it out? Yeah. Kind of a thing. So she says, yeah, okay, I will. She picks up the phone and she's like, could I have some, some privacy? privacy? Yeah. And Mrs. Garrett's like, oh, sure. I let Tootie flirt with a teenage boy who yeah. fills the candy machine And then alone. Joe makes a person-to-person call. To a naval base to Eddie Brennan. Okay, so, and I always know in the old, you know, not old, but, you know, in the shows and movies, when you make a person-to-person call, what is that? Is it like a collect call? Does it mean that you can only talk to that person? Like, what, does, what I, is person-to-person? I don't know what that means. Yeah, either. I always wondered that. Because a, a collect call, okay. A collect call is a collect call. and Or a person-to-person call... Uh, person to person call reverse the charges that yeah. was the other thing reverse the charges reverse the charge person but to person okay. I don't know what I thought maybe person... it meant like you could only talk to the I don't know I don't know person to person but you know uh, yeah it's weird it'll oh, be on the extras look it up put it on the yeah, website because I'd like to know myself yeah. Yeah. <laughs> listen look it up put it in the yeah. extras <laughs> yes sir Um, so we know that she has called Eddie well next scene we're still in the cafeteria Natalie is there, uh-huh. and in comes in his sailor outfit, Eddie. But here's the deal: the very first time we see Eddie, when he comes in, he comes in through the hallway. Yeah, like he's already the, been the in the door. girls' room upstairs. What like, the fuck? And that's not the second time he comes in again. Like in the like, yeah, like, he never uses the front door. He is always. It, and who directed this? Was it Boab? John yeah, Boab? Yeah, but I mean, it, that's it's the girl. Like, did the director not realize which door was I mean, which? The, that's where the girls go <laughs> up the stairs into their room. Yeah. Every time. Or, yeah. But, so Eddie's already coming from the yeah, room. Yeah, coming from the room. That is, Never I comes agree. through the front door. Weird. That's very weird. Yeah. But in beautiful, perfect facts of life, she walks in and Natalie turns and looks and does a perfect Mae West. Hello, Sailor. To hilarious response from the audience. Yes. Just beautiful. Um, and that's the point when I paused it and said to you, look at that makeup. Yes. Look at the purple eyeshadow. Look at the too much blush. And look at the overuse of lip gloss. I mean, why are these girls in the 70s, but still. I mean, that was popular in the 70s. But, yeah. these girl, but right now, she is 14 years old. Yeah, the costuming designer was probably doing stories yeah. of cocaine and just, you know, had just been to, yeah. you know, the, the disco and just was yeah. like, let's doll these girls up. But yeah. 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 It's, um, they're like, well, if we can't make them dress like whores <laughs> in short shorts and tight t-shirts, we can see their well, just, tits jiggling. Because yeah. <laughs> I want to see a 16-year-old I mean, yeah. naked. Gloss and red, red cheeks, high I know. cheeks. And, it's like, yeah. okay, well, we, we got to whore these girls up somehow. <laughs> well, Let's do it on their because face. Because they, they made them take off the short shorts from the first season. Now they I have know. to have the ugly uniforms all the time. Exactly. Because the first season, they were, like you said, they were always in the little shorty short hot shorts and the little tank tops. And yeah. you don't see that really in the second season at all. No. Yeah. The, you know, they have good casual clothes. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we haven't gotten into, but then eventually that 
wardrobe also had to act as camouflage because of the girls gaining weight and the producers and the producers being horrified that the girls were you give uh, me a craft service table oh i will go to town girl we talked about emotional eating today and oh uh, my god yeah we have we're both to me We're, we're both full-time performers at Disney and yes. contract talks are coming up yes. within the next and couple so, of weeks for like, us. So like if there's a Twinkie or if there's oh my a, God. anything, anything, anything it's... in cheese or wrapped in, it could be cheese that could live through nuclear war. I'm still going to ingest oh, it in my yeah. body. I'm like, yeah. I don't even go to Golden Corral anymore. <laughs> I can't. Oh, no. It is just so beyond oh, horrific how no, much but I, I mean, can Think eat. about the 70s and a craft service table in the 70s. You know, oh. it was like, you know, it was like those... Twinkie was, host. Uh, yeah, oh, right there. It is this puzzle that, that I puzzle have puzzle you here. have behind your head right Marshmallow now. Marshmallow pies, frosted donuts, yeah. ding-dongs, the Twinkies. Pink, the pink, uh, what are those pink, the snowballs. Snowballs, yeah. yeah. those were, yeah. Those were lived yeah. through a nuclear war, but let's put them in our intestines. Yeah. So yeah, they, they can't blame the girls <laughs> for, for get, gaining some weight. No, that's yeah. fine. Um, so the deal is, just pointing out, the makeup is still an issue and will continue to be. Yeah. Um, we don't really get much more in this scene other than Joe comes in, Eddie, and she's legitimately surprised to see him. What are you doing here? And great reactions. She's such a great actress. She really is. She she's is. She's like for being, you know, so young. And then we go back into the lounge, still with the pastry machine. Um, Joe talks about she's still mad at her mom. And Eddie, you can tell he's a sweet guy. Great casting. Clark Brandon. So sweet. Has, he has a natural, wholesome, sweet affability. There's a lot of shorthand built into casting him where it's like there is no question that his motives are impure mm-hmm. there's no question you don't get a sense of even in the 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 wedding scene coming up where he's like do you want to sit down and he tries mm-hmm. to kiss her you don't really get the sense of him going yeah yeah no tonight we're gonna fuck no and you really like you're rooting for him you're like dude it's probably not gonna happen for you but yeah you really we, we 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 appreciate you being a good guy you yeah know? and yeah and 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 i think and the other thing is that the what it also helps to bring to the episode is it clarifies that the issue is simply joe is too young. Mm-hmm. There's not also the muddier question of, is he the right guy for you? Right. It's one of those, you're too young, but if you're going to get married too young, God, I think he'd be the one. Yeah. I, yeah. I would. Yeah. If I were 16, I'd marry Clark I'd marry. Yeah. I'd, I'd marry him. I mean, it probably will still end in yeah. divorce, but still, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, but after, after having all his kids. And yeah, everything, exactly. I know. Um, so Eddie, uh, speaking of marriage and speaking of, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Eddie gives Joe a ring. And she's like, Eddie, this must have cost you a fortune. He says, it was the best at Kmart. And I remember thinking, and here's the thing. When I was a kid, I loved going to Kmart. It was like, (laughs) I mean, I enjoyed it. My grandma would take me to Kmart and I'd look around, have a good time, you know. We did, in Brockton, we only had, we had one big Kmart, but it was on the south side of town. Okay. So I didn't. Is it the south side or was it anyhow? It was close to West Bridgewater, mm-hmm. whatever side of town that was, and it wasn't particularly convenient. And we lived right near Westgate Mall. We had so you no were in the mall. No, we, we had, had no want for places to shop. Yeah, we had no mall. Now my friend Bob, the unofficial historian uh, researcher for this podcast, mm-hmm. Bob grew up in Bridgewater, and so to hop over West Bridgewater into Brockton to go. He grew up at the Kmart. Yeah. So he always talked about Kmart, but it wasn't a big part of oh, no, I my loved life. It. Loved it. But as an adult, loved it. I miss it. I really yeah, do. There aren't Target any is lovely, but I loved having that one 
bridge between Walmart and Target. <laughs> it's like the Kmart, and there's no, they're they're gone, huh? They're um, gone. yeah, yeah, completely. Gone. yeah. Remember completely. when Jacqueline Smith had her own line oh at Kmart, God. the Jacqueline Smith collection, only at Kmart. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Anything to get those people in. Yeah. Yeah, and then they also had um. Kathy Ireland, I think, also had a clothing line well, there. Sounds about right. Maybe. Kmart we'll to... at Christmas was cool. You know, I liked yeah. Kmart. No, Kmart was cool. It was yeah. totally, I didn't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get to, what is... Um... He said he'll have it paid off in a couple years, in a few years. Yeah, as yeah. far as how much the yeah. ring cost. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, so, will you marry me? This isn't just a ring present. This is a proposal. Will you marry me? And she's like... I don't know. And he's like, why do you hesitate? Are you hesitating? Don't you love me? And Joe says, it's not that I don't love you, Eddie. I'm 16. And then you're like, bam, there it is. Yeah. You got I so was, excited. I audibly you went, there so it excited. is. Yeah. We've been talking about how old are the girls. Well, we have now established she is 16 and Blair, Blair is 16, 16. Even though Nancy McKeon is 14 and Lisa Welchel is 17. Got it. So, so Nancy so, so- McKeon is playing two years older just like Kim Fields. Right. And Lisa Welch is playing one year younger. The only one who is her age is Natalie. Natalie, who is 15. 14. 14. Yeah, she's 14. So, okay. She's so born I, in 65, yeah. Okay. I, I always thought, in my head, I always thought that Blair and Joe were one class. Natalie was one below them, and then Tootie was one below them. Or am 16, I wrong? 15, 14. Yes, you're right. Okay. I, getting... That's just in my head. It could be totally, like, different. Oh. Like, as a no, kid. No, you're I... right. You're right. Um. As a kid, it has I was to be, a... yeah, we're just talking about the thing how when you're a junior in high school, you're either 16 or 17 yeah. kind of a thing. However, it is, you're right that it should be that way. But in fact, um, I'm not sure it's ever. Yeah, no, no. Natalie is 14 because her birth date is 65, was September of 65. And from the adoption Correct. Wow, look at you. Mm-hmm. You're just Well, cuz I remember thinking what a weird You don't drink, that's why. <laughs> that's why. You still have those micro whatever, uh... those, those those brain cells working for you. But the important thing is <laughs> Okay. But here's the deal. Whether or not that's you are right that it's like no, she should be a, Natalie should be 1 year younger than yeah. Blair and Joe, but here's the deal. Regardless of all that it was established clearly. 16. Right. But it was established clearly that she was born in 65. Oh. In the adoption episode. So that means in 1980, in September of 1980, she turned 15. Got it. Did I already say that she was 14 in this episode? <laughs> oh, fuck me. I don't really care. Like, yeah. I, mean, I mean, the magic of, well, you know, television. Uh, I, don't, I don't care either. So why are you talking about it so much, Paul? Jesus. Let it fucking drop, dude. Whatever. I mean, you know, the magic of television, it doesn't really matter. And David, David <laughs> is here like going, important. he's like, Paul, shut up. I'm thinking here. I'm thinking. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Okay, yeah. we're back. We're back. Okay. So Eddie says, will you marry me? And he's yes. like, Okay, um, and I need your answer tomorrow because I got to get back by tomorrow. And she's like, well, aren't you on leave? And he says, no, I've gone AWOL. It's like, fuck. Oh, now now you're a bad influence, well, Eddie. Yeah, now it's illegal. I don't illegal. like you as much. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyhow, and the only, she's in her doubts. Joe was like, oh, I don't know. And he says something to the effect of, just imagine our house with the mailbox, Mr. and Mrs. Eddie Brennan. 
And that is literally the only planning, the only imagery, dream. He didn't. He doesn't really talk about the idea of, well, here is what the plan would be for us to get married. This is why it makes sense. And I think that's kind of good in that that is the problem with this. And then Eddie leaves Joe to consider what to do, what her future is going to be. Mm-hmm. And we go to commercial. Uh, name, a, name a commercial from your childhood that you liked. Uh, I mean, I always liked Annette Finicello with the Jiffy. Is it Jiff or? Yeah, the, Skippy. The pe- was it Skippy? P- Peter P- peanut Pan. butter. Peanut butter. Yeah, yeah was yeah. it Annette Finicello yeah. with the peanut butter? Yeah. God, I, which one was it though? I think it was Jiff. Jiff? No, I think, I think it was. Was it Skippy? I don't remember. I just remember Annette Finicello. I think it's Skippy. Butter. Skippy, yeah. Let's, Skippy. let's go with that. I liked Hungry Hungry Hippo. That hungry was Hungry I, Hippos. I wanted that so bad, which I got, but I wanted it so bad. Oh, I had it. It was yeah, awesome. It was a great, great. Except yeah. those heads would always fall off and you'd have to put them back on. It yeah. Worth it. Yeah. Totally worth totally. it. I loved Hungry Hungry Hippo. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, we come back now from those commercials mm-hmm. and we jump right into a very fun little physical routine where cleaning up the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember what the Natalie Jewish mother thing was. Uh-huh. The episode begins first thing with them cleaning up. And she says, do you think just once these girls could pick up after themselves and put their dishes away so I don't have to break my back cleaning up after them? And she went, oh, my God, I sound like my mother. Yes, that's it. And then later she says something else and says, oh, my mother would be proud. That is what we were talking about. You found it. Found it. Got it. Uh, so now we're back, coming back from commercials, still working in the cafeteria. God bless them. Mm -hmm. And we have... Thankfully, plastic dishes that Tootie is just throwing in the air, mm-hmm. and and Natalie is catching in the tub, in the tub yeah. to hilarious end. And I believe this clip makes it into the opening theme at yep. some point. Yep, not the only time they use that little bit. No, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. it's comedy gold. Mm-hmm. We have Blair and Joe come in, also from the hallway, yes. don't they? Well, they should. That's where they're. That's where they're. But they're houses. angry that they lost the. De- they're angry at each other, uh, and someone says, "Don't tell me you lost the debate." Maybe there was construction going on that. I that guess week. so. Was, they should <laughs> have put up some yellow tape or something. Where they could something. not come through the front door. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they lost it, um, and the reason why is that Joe was uh, distracted because of this this whole Eddie thing, and of course she hasn't told anybody. Right. And why do I have jogging at track next? Because he was jogging at the track. Where's Eddie? Oh, he's jogging at the track. Oh, who's Eddie jogging at the track? So I have written down next day, question mark. Eddie said he needed an answer by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Well, this is therefore tomorrow. How did Joe join the debate team yesterday? Mm -hmm. And now they've already had a debate and lost. I mean, it's it's Eastland school. I mean, it's a prep school. You got to... Things, but, things but move fast. That's, it's a prep school. You prep, you pre- prepare. <laughs> Whatever. Paul. Eddie's w- running around sweating. You know, he probably has a chain going on. You know, that's what, I'm, that's saying, what I'm thinking about. But I'm saying a debate team practices right. like anything else. That's a debate team has yeah. to do it. So it's like, okay, we, we fucked up our little timeline yeah. there. Um, but oh, well. Blair notices Joe has tape on her finger. At which point, again, with the Natalie and the Jewish thing, it's like, is that an engage? Is that a diamond? Is that an engagement? And Natalie is like, step aside. I'm yeah. checking it out. Yeah. 
And so she grabs it it's and starts like she's yeah, full on she's doing a full on Joan Rivers. <laughs> let me let me see your ring, how'd you do? Let me what, see. Yeah. You what are you Jewish? You're yeah. a Jew and you took that shitty ring? Yeah. Totally. Uh, Joan Rivers, total Joan Rivers mode. Um, so they uh, are excited for her. They're happy. At least Tootie and Natalie are. At what one point, Natalie and Tootie speculate, wait a minute, she could be getting married this young because she could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. And Joe insists, I am not pregnant. What she, she say starts with P and... Ends, and in ends nine with nine months. months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's something P ends in nine months. And she says, I have to give an answer tomorrow. And uh, she says, uh, she brings up Romeo and Juliet because of the, be, they, Romeo and Juliet were only like 13 or whatever. And Blair says, yeah. And they ended up on their wedding night dead. So, because Joe is 16 years old and has never read Romeo and Juliet to completion. She doesn't know how the story ends. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I'm having a little issue there. Yeah. I'm, I'm being. Well, she came late. She came late to the East. To the school. school. She Maybe. did. She's yeah. got some catching up to yeah. do. Um, so then we have Blair turns and says, I have to come up with one of my brilliant ideas. But you know what I love about that is that she said, is that where she said it? Yeah. But, but where she said it, there was the one time that I never, that I heard her just say, I have to come up with one of my brilliant ideas. She didn't say brilliant yeah. idea. She just said it. It hadn't become her catchphrase. No, it hadn't phrase. become her thing yet. So it yeah. was like, it was just her yep. honestly saying, I have a brilliant idea as yep. an actor, as opposed to every other time it's the brilliant idea. Yep. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, yep. and it became her thing yep. and God bless her. It became her, there's going to be trouble. And she says, I'm going to call up my friend Bink Parker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that name one more time. Bink, Bink. Parker. He is a boy at Bates. He's the head of the debate team. And he's she such says, a weenie. And he's such a weenie. And uh, is it Natalie or Tootie that says, I thought you said Bink Parker was a weenie. I feel like they all said it at some point. Yeah, everybody said yeah. it at some point. It keeps coming back. The Bink Parker is a weenie thing. And Blair is like, well, here's the thing. I will call him. We will go and invite Joe and Eddie to go to dinner with us. And I will get him, since he's head of the debate team, I will get him to convince them that getting married is a bad idea. It's a great, it's a plan. It can't fail. Of course not. Of course. So then Mrs. Uh, next scene, uh, Mrs. Garrett is in the parlor with an electric, electronic, I'm sorry, an electronic football game. Yes, which I love those things. What was it? It was, it was I had a baseball and blopping. One, but it was amazing. And it was just like, it was like five little dots that was just going, doo, yeah. doo, doo. but I mean... I loved it. It just hours and hours and hours of entertainment and brain, you know. What was the, what was the, was it ColecoVision? What was the one with the little LCD grid on it and you had a cartridge you would, I think is it Coleco? No, I Not ColecoVision. What was it called? That was too fancy for me. It had, it was long I, and I skinny. I shopped at Kmart. I didn't. Uh, oh man, that. I got to look yeah. it up. I'll put it on the website. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love those It things. was like, I think like Breakout was the yeah. first one uh, that they did. Um so we now, Mrs. Garrett, in the parlor, Joe comes in and starts asking her questions about Romeo and Juliet. And in no scene is Nancy McKeon's blush more overdone. Yeah. She is so overblushed yeah. in this scene. Um, so she's asking her about Romeo and Juliet. Mrs. Garrett very quickly is like, you're talking about you and Eddie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, come on. You told the girls you think I wasn't going to find out. And um, 
so she's like, well, what, you know, what were you thinking? And, um, but, but before she gets there, Mrs. Garrett says, well, Romeo and Juliet maybe could have made it work, but there was the whole idea of what would they do for work? Cause their families weren't going to support them anymore. How were they going to have kids and blah, blah, blah. Mrs. Garrett does a good job of presenting to them the reality of planning a life together, which is clearly the piece of this puzzle that is missing. And she's good at that. Yeah. That's perfect. So um, Joe goes off feeling a little bit better or, oh, oh, Blair comes in and says, come and do the dinner with us. Mm -hmm. And Joe is like, really? And she's like, oh, okay, fine. So she goes off. Which I think um, is a really, uh, I love Nancy McKeon's moment there, her acting choices in that in that moment when she, uh-huh. when she actually says, you know what? Wow. And she really believes her. She's like, Blair, that that's really nice of you. I really appreciate that. You know what? We we will come. We will come. And I, there is a transition there. She there there are some She's choices suspicious, there. Yeah, yeah but, but then, there's a there's a nice nice moment. Yeah. And that scene ends with them all leaving and Mrs. Garrett getting on the phone and saying, "I'd like to make a person to person call to Rose Polniacek." So she's going to alert Joe's Which cracks mother. me up as she starts to to she's like P O L. And we oh, all, no. But we all want to know, how the hell do you spell that name? And then they fade out. And yeah, I'm like, no, P-O-L. she doesn't even know. It's like, <laughs> that always made me mad. I'm like, how do you spell Polniacek? Po- po- Polniacek. And then they, they fade out, yeah. so we'll never know. We, we did yeah. not know till many years later yeah. when IMDb was yes, invented. Yes. Um, so then we uh, go to the restaurant. Another set. This is why I like Another this set. episode. They all these different set. sets. So Joe comes in looking very fishy, I will say. She's got her hair down, no ponytail. She is in a lovely sort of um, burgundy sort of a... But I always thought that that outfit was way too old for a 16-year-old girl. I mean, it just it seemed very... I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed very... Uh... I don't know. Mature, sophisticated. Yeah. Maybe a little sim- almost matronly. Yeah. And I mean, and so did Blair's outfit. The same way. Blair's they, outfit looked they, a little matronly they, too. They just yeah. seemed a little old. Who'd yeah. have expected her in something more like, like we saw her in the pilot. Yeah. That sort of off the shoulder. Yeah. I guess they wanted of... to match the, the makeup. I don't know. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Whoever's doing it, it was like, yeah, not their finest. Um, so then, and this is where we, oh, before they get there, we meet Bink. Yes. We meet Bink Parker. And we both looked at each other like, Who is where do that? we know this guy? Where, where do we guy? know this guy? He is very familiar. He only has five credits and there's nothing big. He just has that kind of demeanor of On those his resume. 70s actors that there were a few of them. Yeah. yeah. We were saying that he was is a lot of Fred Grandy, mm-hmm. a bit of Fred Grandy. And I would also say uh, Caitlyn Jenner. You said that <laughs> back when, back when Caitlyn Jenner had the body of a male. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is that that's a, I'm I, what I a minefield no I'm trying to walk through right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the the person the at views the time expressed by Mr. David the, the are pers- not necessarily those <laughs> of the guest yeah. of the Maximum Life podcast. Okay. All right. All right. It's 1981. He looks a little like Bruce Jenner. Yes. 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 Okay. Is what I'm saying. If you need to look it up. <laughs> But um, I'm trying to be politically correct in saying it is Caitlyn Jenner in her earlier incarnation. Got it. Yes. So there it is. And uh, he's supposed to be a high school student. Like like we say, all like all high school students, they seem to be 35. They right. always cast 35-year-olds. Right. And he is 
uh, beyond mature, and he's a fucking windbag. Yeah, totally. And such a weenie. And he's a weenie, but uh, but a drony windbag. Well, mm-hmm. you know, one of the most important. When they come back from the bathroom, they have a ladies' room scene coming up. When they come back from the bathroom, if you overheard the the bit they interrupt when they you know walk in okay we're we're leaving here he's like well the neolithic period was the most interesting period it's like and eddie's miserable but what yeah. high school student talks like no yeah mr bradley wasn't this much of a blowhard no come on no um so what we've got going on here is eddie's trying to play that we're starting to see some of the cracks in the plaster of eddie mm-hmm. where he's trying to be a mr big shot and he offers to pay for the meal the whole meal mm-hmm. at this fancy french restaurant he orders for everybody uh blair kind of no i'm sorry um bink points out to him that you realize you've just ordered like 90 dollars worth of food and that's a lot of money in mm-hmm. 1981 for yeah. a meal and he doesn't understand and he only things. makes 500 dollars a month and he only makes 500 so he's gonna a month. spend 90 of it yeah on, on one, one meal, meal. Yeah, so he doesn't understand the concept of things coming a la carte, mm-hmm. yada, yada. Um, so, yeah, so there is talk about... But Bink offers to pay for it afterwards. He's like, that's okay, Eddie, I'll pay for it. Yes. You're like, well, apparently Bink has $90 to burn. Yeah, and I imagine he would if he goes mm-hmm. to Bates Academy and mm-hmm. he's not on scholarship like yeah. Joe. Um, but Bink immediately launches into a droning lecture on teenage marriage. And Blair is like, come on. I asked you to be subtle about mm-hmm. this. And he's like, well, they have to know. So Blair and Joe go off to fight it out themselves in the ladies' room. And in the ladies' room, we have this wonderfully comic elderly woman dressed in a maid's costume. So funny. Playing the ladies' room attendant. Yes, so funny. I hate those people, the attendants. I really uh, don't like them, but uh, she did a great job. I, I don't hate them. It's just they make me uncomfortable. Me too. Because they're right there, and you're like, I I feel like I should tip you, yeah. but I just took... I was able to go to my go to the bathroom without your help. I yeah. could do it on my own. And, you know, you just... They just, like... Grab you a, handed me a towel, towel or, yeah. you know, and I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't really carry cash anymore. So I'm like, do you have like square cash? Can I yeah. give you $2? Like, yeah. Anyway. It is a weird thing. Yeah. Then we go into, um, Joe figures it out. She gets pissed. She's mad. Yes. Joe yeah. figures out that Blair has brought her here under the false pretense of we want to celebrate with you when in fact she's trying to convince her mm-hmm. to change her mind. So, um, Blair says something like, uh, you're, you'll never be happy with a guy like Eddie. And Joe quickly goes on the defensive. And Nancy McKeon does these turns so deftly. Yeah. You believe her being happy and cordial. Mm-hmm. And then the idea that she has been betrayed and very quickly oh, the shields pissed. go up and the, the, you know, the figurative mm-hmm. fists go in the air and yep. she is on the defensive and she's so good. And she's like, a guy like Eddie, mm-hmm. very quickly, it's, Ooh. what are you talking about? And she says, thankfully, he's studying electronics in the Navy, and um, he's going to work with computers. Mm-hmm. So he actually yeah. does have a... He actually would be okay. In 1981, that was a smart career path yep. to choose. But Blair says, without a high school diploma, the computers won't even give him the time of day. Can you get into the Navy without a high school diploma? Yeah, I think so. Can you get back, out of the Navy without probably, a high school diploma? Probably not. Probably not. That's my, I think that, 
I can't imagine the training you get in the Navy isn't predicated that you have to pass a basic GED type And then of I think the next episode, he says that he got it. Or, Does he? Or the one after that. Yeah, he says, I got my diploma. And da, 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 oh. da, and they're like, oh, Eddie, that's great. Like, but the, it, yeah. might, it, it might be a few years down the road, but that is one thing that he does say that he did get his high school diploma. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, as a middle-aged homosexual, I do not know the ins and outs of our armed forces and how they work. Yeah, I don't know. So um, we'll have to look that up, put it on the website. Yeah. I, I feel like if you don't have it, that they require you while you're there to, to get, get it. it. Yeah. And he does get and, it. And they probably, yeah. I mean, and they administer it. Yeah. I think that's must right. be part of the deal. Right. Um, but we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> um, so, but the thing is, that's, that's a tick in Eddie's favor that it's like, Oh, okay. He actually does have a good career path in spite of the age. Um, now we know, but, but here's the other question. You have to be 18 to enter the armed forces, right? I don't know. They were saying you could get buried at 16 where they were going. So I don't, in the time, maybe it wasn't, maybe you didn't have to be 18. Things but, were a lot different. In but no, he was talking about taking Joe to West Virginia to get married because at 16, she right. is 16. Right. So the presumption is maybe that he the, is 18. Yeah, maybe. I'm yeah. Just, I'm say, you know, back in and the I guess, 70s okay, two and years, 16, 18 and 81, that's not they as crazy as you might think it is. Um, anyway, uh, so basically the episode ends with <laughs> pregnant, Joe. Pregnant women were still smoking and having drinks at the time. <laughs> so anything is possible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, and I'm sorry. We forgot the punchline of this scene where Joe, does Joe storm out or does Blair storm out? It, one of them is left in the bathroom and the attendant who's been Joe kind of out. back and forthing, trying to hand them a towel. And then the girls at one point are turning to the maid going, she wants to marry this, but she's only 16. So they're arguing through yes. her. So she's getting caught in it. And at the very end of it, the punchline to the maid, I keep saying maid. She's dressed like a French maid. Right. The, it's the a French restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. But the attendant, finally, this elderly woman says, I got married when I was 16. It was the worst week, week of, of my life. life. And then Blair gives her an extra, little extra then, five or something. Yeah. yeah. Or no, Blair starts to leave and mm-hmm. she kind of holds the dish out. Mm-hmm. is like, uh, excuse me. And Blair's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> and goes to tip her. But yes. yeah. Blair, but not out of that was not out of uh malice. Blair was just yes. I gotta go after. So she gives job. her and then the woman delivers her line, so Blair gives her a little bit extra yes. after she says that. Line. I think yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. So then the the episode ends with this this dramatic cliffhanger where Blair um Joe comes out, says, Eddie, grab your stuff. We're going. They just brought us here to try and convince us not to. And Blair is like, please, you've got to rethink this. You can't get married. And Joe's final line is, just, just watch us. us. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap track. Clap, 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 track. The famous at the end of every episode clap track. And then you have to wait a whole week. You and have then, to wait a whole week to find out what happens. Yeah. And guess what? Listeners, you have to wait a whole week, too. (laughs) See you guys next week. Yep. We're going to end right here and say goodbye. I'll have a nice different outfit next time. Yes, exactly. We have to... We have to go to hair and makeup now. Yes. So that need, you'll think. I need rosy cheeks. Hi. I need lots <laughs> of purple eyes. I need lots of blush. I got the purple eyeshadow yeah. ready. It's like a match game where they change. They record five shows okay, in a day. Yes. And they just, they change outfits. Yeah. 
But like you see, the hair doesn't move on their head. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, Paul definitely needs some help with his hair. I'm going to call the stylist over. Yeah, it's, 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 it's in an odd phase right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to take off right now. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back. And that was Paul Padilla, back for more. And it ain't over yet, because he will be back next week. A couple little points that I didn't get to make during the show that I just wanted to kind of add on here. First is that um, the confusion over the dates and the ages of the girls. God, you'd think I'd have had a better grip on this for how much I've obsessed over this in the past. Natalie's birth year was explicitly stated in season one as 1966, not 1965, as I kept saying. That's where the disconnect was, and that's what was confusing me. Natalie is 14, as is Mindy Cohn. So, 2D, 13. Natalie, 14. Blair and Joe, 16. Okay, any questions? Could we drop it now? Could, could, we, could we please move on to something else? Huh? Okay? Yeah, thank you. Um... Second was we were talking about, you know, Bob. I talk about my friend Bob out in Anaheim who does a lot of research. He's, he and I have been friends since we were little, little kids. Bob did some research that I completely forgot to credit him for and forgot to share. And it's, it's sad because it wasn't particularly earth-shattering information that he uncovered. It was the question of what were the... Um, the NBC movies of the week in the 78-79 season in that year that preceded the facts of life. If you recall, Little House on the Prairie was their number one show on NBC, and it was number 14. And then their next show that clocked in in the top 30 was the NBC Monday Night Movie. And I had wondered, I wonder if it was a big event type of thing. Was it The Wizard of Oz? Was it The Sound of Music or a big Roots-like miniseries? And so what Bob did is Bob went and hunted down individual issues of TV Guide from that year so that he could look through and see what the movies were. And he did discover very little. There was one movie with Patty Duke in it that was called Women in White. It was about some nurses, and that's like it. I think that might have been a two-week thing, so it was like a, a four-hour, technically a miniseries, but they showed it two weeks in a row, and that's it. There was nothing else big that would have implied um, or that would have stacked the deck in the favor of the Monday night movie. It was just... That was what was on after Little House on the Prairie, and people just didn't turn off their TV sets. That's it. Um, thirdly, we did mention that Eddie orders food at the restaurant, and it's a lot more money than he thinks it is, and it was $90. I did double check. I was like, how much is $90 in today's money? And it does seem that uh, in 2019 dollars, that comes to about 250 bucks. So that is right. That is a good amount. Not implausibly large, but that's about what an expensive meal for four would cost. That's really it. No other points to make other than I wish they had brought Tumpy back from season one from the, the dope smoking student at Eastland. I wish Tumpy had come back so we could introduce her to Bink Parker. That way, um, Bink and Tumpy, that is the backdoor pilot that they <laughs> talk about a missed opportunity, Facts of Life producers. 
there it is, was standing there right in front of you, and sadly, you missed it. Uh, a droning 35-year-old high school student, hyper-intellectual, who is on the debate team, and his comparatively intelligent but completely pothead girlfriend slash fiance slash wife man. That has got legs as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, let's wrap this up. And you have the entire week now to anticipate the exciting conclusion. Let's Face the Facts was produced, edited, narrated, hosted, and shucked by me, David Almeida. The show's website is facethefactspod.com. Remember to drop the let's. And that's where you can email me. You can connect to the show on social media. You can subscribe through your favorite podcatchers. And you can also listen to extra content from the digital cutting room floor. I will never stop asking you. Please share. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review the show. Do whatever you can. If you want to spread the news, I would really super duper appreciate it. Tune in next week for the exciting conclusion of Teenage Marriage. Part 2, also known as Season 2, Episode 8. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And remember, the facts of life are all about you.